There's a cloud of many witnesses with Christ in heaven above. Watching as we run this race, they cheer us on in love. There are faces we have seen before and more we've never known. They fought the battles, took their stand. We reap what they have sown. So I'm not ashamed to claim the name of Jesus. I am not ashamed to tell the world he's mine. Gladly I'll proclaim this gospel to all people. I am not ashamed. talk to you tonight about some blessings that I have received. Sometimes I feel bad that I have hidden or kept to myself some of the things that God has given me as I go through the Bible. I don't think there's a better discipline beside praying that you can do than read the Bible through every year. People have interestingly argued with me on why would one somebody why would why do you have to read it through? Well, you know, they want to somehow or another not read it through. You know, there's no uh place in scripture that says thou shalt read the Bible through once a year. I'll agree with you. It's not there. But I can tell you, if you're not gonna read it once a year, read it every six months. <clears throat> if you're not gonna read it every six months, read it every three months. And if you're not gonna read it every three months, read it like old brother Barnett once a month. But I can tell you, reading it less than that is not going to be healthy. You're going to need to read the Bible more than that. Once a year is your minimum requirement. It's kind of minimum standard to keep the God's Word in front of you. And when you do go through the Bible over and over and over again, I can't tell you hundreds and hundreds of testimonies through the year of how God's come. And God will speak to you with a verse. Some of you are included in my text ministry. I have kind of a text ministry. And I get a verse in my Bible reading God gives me, and once in a while I text it to various people. If you do not receive texts from me on the text ministry, if you'd like to be part of that, I don't group text. I just text individuals one at a time. And I, I don't respect group text much. But um, I do like individuals when God leads me to do it. If, you're, if you'll call me, I'll have your phone number. If you'll text me, I'll have your phone number, and I may, may include you in on that. I'd like to do that as God would lead. Also, another way to get into my text ministry is to have trouble. Now, you may not want to be in the ministry in that for that reason, but if you have trouble, I will put you in my text ministry because I'm here to help the trouble. The trouble and the people in, under testing and the people under uh, the gun, I want to help you. I want to lift you up. I want to try to encourage you. Be a brother walking alongside of you and try to encourage you to stand, having done all the stand, stand therefore, and make it in the end. Uh, I want to talk to you about a few things that, uh, by the grace of God that has come, 
to my attention uh, and some the biblical encouragement that I have received through the years has just been enormous, tremendous. I mean, I have been through some dark times. God has tried to qualify me. I'm sure he's having a hard time doing that, but he's trying to qualify me through suffering. Suffering is the way we qualify. It's when we go through dark moments of our life is when, who were you, who, where will you go when you are in the valley? Will you go where David went? I hope so, amen. Will you memorize David's Psalm 23 first thing? Yeah, you ought to memorize Psalm 23, amen. So when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, where do you go? Where do you go? Do you cry out to Facebook? Trust me when I tell you this, those people are not all that compassionate on Facebook. Uh, do you cry out to your mother-in-law? I don't think so. You cry out to your mother. Sometimes I think moms replace God with people. Yeah, that's right. Some, your mother should not be the first person you go to if you're a Christian. It should be Jesus. Amen? Mama can be there. You can go to mama. That's good. But pretty, pretty soon, God knows you're going to lose mama. How many here do not have their moms on this earth? All these people lost their mom. They don't get to go to mom anymore. Don't get to call dad anymore. Don't get to go. And, and it's not wrong to go to those people and to, and to ask them for help and some advice on the way and to pray for me. But brother, there is no one closer to you than Jesus Christ. He's on the right hand of the throne on high, the Bible says, making intercession for you and for me. If you shall ask anything in my name, he said, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name. Now, do you believe that? Believe it, right? Now, we know that we ask something stupid, something out of his will, something amiss. Uh, he's not going to give it to us because no good father would give his son something that would hurt him. I mean, if your son asked for a new Corvette, Dad, you'd have to say, no, son, that'll hurt you. I'm not saying he's going to believe you. But, uh, you know, God's held a lot of stuff back from me uh, that, that I thought maybe was something I should have. And he said, no. That's not probably going to help you. And praise the Lord, I, overall, I want to succeed in the end and end well, so he'll, he's listening to it. Amen? Well, first of all, let me make a mention that he has given us an unspeakable gift. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, and this is topical tonight because these are some things scattered throughout the Bible, New Testament mostly, that he's just given me to encourage me in down times. Times when I'm walking in the valley. When I'm not seeing a way out and God comes, first of all, he's given us an unspeakable gift, something that my mind focuses on. These are some things that I go to. Um, I think of Philippians 4.8 as, as a foundation for all what I'm going to say is whatsoever things are honest and true and just and pure, uh, you know, lovely, if there be any virtue of any praise, think on these things. And so Philippians 4.8 says, try to keep your mind right. Try to keep your thinking right. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Old Testament. And so we need to keep our minds right because we can get into the, the blue funk. We can get into the down spiral mentally where nothing is good. Oh, woe is me. I'm undone. And, you know, I'm not saying you don't have trouble. I'm not saying that your trouble's not worse than my trouble. I'm not saying that things don't look bad. 
I'm not trying to downplay anything that's going on in a person's life when they're struggling. But what I am saying is you're not a slave to that. You've been freed in Christ Jesus. And, and we're talking about you've been freed in every area. And the devil will try to beat you down with your circumstances to where you, you dismay, where the Holy Spirit will come and try to help you lift, lift your eyes on, upward, looking unto Jesus, uh, Hebrews 12, 1, 2, the author and finisher of our faith, amen. Look up, look up. Look up unto the hills whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth, amen. I know some of you have been through the valley recently. And if you, let me say this, if you haven't, if you haven't been in the valley, uh, you're going to. You came to get encouraged tonight. Uh, if, if you're not in the valley, you will be. And if you're in the valley, <clears throat> maybe you're just coming out of the valley. Glory to God, he'll give you a little, minute, a little bit of time in the sunshine, and you can stand on top of the mountaintop, and you can praise God and have a good old time. But you know life, and you know eventually there's another valley. There's another valley, and the life is made up of mountains and valleys and mountains and valleys. I wish all life could be up here, but that, that, would, that wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be normal. It would be crazy. God brings you down, brings you up, lets you go down, lets you come up, lets you go down. You people that have had children, you expose yourself to a lot of valleys. When you have children, you take your heart out of your chest and put it in another human being. I'm talking about your heart. And they have, the, they have the opportunity to break your heart. They have the opportunity to just take you and wring you out. And you can't stop it because you love your child like no other person is related to you like that, right? People have valleys when they have a bunch of kids. And you know, you have four or five kids, you're sure to have a black sheep, two black sheep, three black sheep. He's given us his unspeakable gift. 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Oh, how can something be unspeakable? How can something be past our vocabulary? Well, when he takes an old wretched, vile, proud, sensual, cruel, self-righteous, hypocritical, selfish, insensitive, judgmental, wicked sinner like me and saves him. It's unspeakable. It's an unspeakable gift. I think like Ezra, chapter 9, verse 6, where he said, Oh, my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head and our trespasses growing up unto the heavens. I relate to that. Sometimes I go to God and say, I don't, I'm, I blush to lift my head up. But he said, I've saved you anyway. He says, your sins are removed. They're forgotten. They're hidden and they're blotted out. Psalm 103, 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You believe that tonight? Psalm 103, 10 says, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarding, rewarded us according to our iniquities. And I say, that's amen. Like as a father that pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, and he remembereth that we are dust. Hallelujah for that. Amen. 
Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12 says, For I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. I know humanly we're not capable of not remembering. At this moment in our juncture and in our life, we can't help but remember. When somebody does you wrong, you're going to remember it. I wish you could forget it. You can try to forget it. You can bury that thing. But in a, in a moment of weakness, it'll come right to the top. Husbands and wives, listen to me. When you do each other wrong, it goes on a hidden list. And when you get in a heated conversation or, or what they call a genuine old-fashioned knockdown, drag-out argument, that list will come right up to the top surface and it'll be like, and no notes. Where are the notes at? That's what we are. Our old nature, our old man's unforgiving. Though he has been forgiven so much. Oh, he's been forgiven. God's unspeakable gift. But God says, there's coming a day, I'm going to wipe away your sin and remember him no more. That absolutely has to be so, or heaven wouldn't be heaven. Amen? If I was in heaven and I looked at Mike and I said, oh, Mike, man, I remember some of the stuff you did. No, no, ain't going to be it. There'll be no remembrance of, of, I won't know the bad stuff that Brother, I'll, I'll forget most of the bad stuff that Brother Moon has done. I'll forget most of the bad stuff uh, ben has done. I'll, I won't remember. I won't look at you and have a, oh, oh, mm. no. I'll be free. Ooh, I'll be free from the memories of bad stuff. I like that. I like that because that's going to be a big load off my mind. That's right. In Hebrews 10, 17, it says, And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. It says it twice in 8, 12, there of Hebrews, and 10, 17. Micah, chapter 7, verse 9 says, Oh, Micah sat up, didn't he? He thought I was calling him out. I love that. A little bit of side benefit of having that name. Micah 7, 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and will cast all our sins in the depths of the sea. These are some of the things that God's given me as I've read through. In Isaiah 43, 25, I even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. For mine own sake, I will not remember thy sins. So Isaiah 44, 22, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, as a cloud thy sins. Uh, return unto me, and I have redeemed thee. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Colossians 2.14, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Brother, that's an unspeakable gift that God has given us. That he has taken our sins and our iniquities and our trespasses and our betrayals. And it, by, in, the, in the blood of Jesus Christ, he has, he has nailed them to the cross. He has blotted them out of a book. And by the, by the grace of God, when we either raptured or we die and go to heaven, he's not going to remember them. We're not going to remember them. The former things will, will not come in the mind or be remembered, the Bible says. And we'll be free like you never have known freedom. That's unspeakable. That's simply unspeakable. I don't know how to express the beauty of that.
The second thing that encouraged me in the Bible is unspeakable words. St. Corinthians 12, 4 says, He that was caught up into paradise, it's talking about Paul, heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. I don't know if you got much curiosity, but I got a lot of curiosity. Paul got to go to heaven. He heard stuff. It wasn't lawful for him to repeat it. What was it? What did he hear? He heard unspeakable words. I don't know. What were the unspeakable words that Paul heard? I don't know, but I will tell you some unspeakable words that God has let me know. Some unspeakable words is that I'm justified. I'm justified, justified. I'm happy in Jesus today. I'm justified. I'm justified. I'm justified. I tell you what. You can't say that enough and let it soak in. If it ever gets through that old hard-hearted, that old hard heart of ours and gets into your spirit, you will have an old-fashioned spell. You've been declared the, 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 uh, the, the jury has met and the judge of heaven has met and you've been come up under the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a Christian and the gavel has gone down and says, you are justified before God Almighty. That means declared not guilty. That means declared as if you had never sinned. Romans 3.24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 5.9, much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Justified. Think of it. I once was under the law, now I'm under grace. I was under a curse, now I'm under a blessing. I used to be under sin, now I'm without sin positionally. I was under bondage, and now I'm free. I was under a schoolmaster, that was the law. Now I've graduated by the grace of God, I'm under grace. I was under the elements of this world, and now I'm in the glorious liberty of the children of God. I was under the yoke of sin. Now I'm under Christ's yoke, which is light. His burden is easy. I was in unbelief. Now I'm believing. I was unclean. Now I'm cleansed by His blood. I was unthankful. Now I'm giving thanks in everything. I was unjust. Now I'm declared not guilty. I was unrighteous, and now I'm standing in His righteousness. I was unlearned. Now I have the very mind of Christ. I was uh, uncircumcised in heart. Now I'm circumcised by faith. I was unworthy. Now I'm an heir of God. I was unknown. Now I'm chosen in Christ Jesus. I was unreasonable. Now I have a sweet biblical reasonableness. I was unwise. Now I'm possessing His wisdom. I was ungodly. Now I'm conformed to His image. I was unmerciful, now I'm receiving mercy. I was unholy, now I'm declared holy and acceptable in His sight through His blood. I was uncertain, now I'm declared steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in Him. I was uncovered, now I'm cloaked in His righteousness. I was unstable, and now I'm unmovable. I was unclothed, 
and now I'm clothed upon. I was unreliable. Now I'm, I, now I'm with unfeigned faith or unmoving faith. I was unequally yoked. Now I'm yoked together in Christ. I was unprepared. Now the Bible says I'm seated as it were in the heavenlies. I was uncooperative. Now I'm unified in the spirit. I was unruly. Now I'm constrained and disciplined by his love. I was unskillful in the word. Now I'm able to eat strong meat. Unspeakable words. I'm justified. I'm sanctified. The Bible calls me a saint. I'm redeemed. I'm a friend of Jesus. I'm loved. I'm perfected forever uh, to them that are sanctified. Brother, that's you. That's me as a born-again believer. We have an unspeakable gift. We've been given unspeakable words. Is it not true? Is it not true tonight? Somebody say amen or we're going to be here a long time. I'm seated in the heavenlies. You say, no, you're not. You're right here. It's just as good as a done deal. When God says it's a done deal, it's a done deal. He said, you're already seated in the heavenlies. I glory to God. I love that. I hope I got a good seat. You say, anywhere in the heavenlies will be a good seat. Okay. Uh, the big one is, I'm as good as glorified already. Yeah, that's what it says. Romans 8, 29, Moreover whom he did predestinate, them he also called. That's all about you and me. Then he called, them he also justified. Then he justified, them he also glorified. Past tense, brother. It's as good as already done. We've been, we've been placed in Christ Jesus by faith. We've been as good as pronounced in the heavenlies and called and glorified, justified in his presence. God's not biting his nails tonight wondering what's going to happen with America. The wicked out there lost the election as far as they're concerned. And they're, all I hear is, oh, they're scared. They're scared. They're scared. Had Hillary won the election? I wouldn't be any more. I wouldn't be scared. Why? God's still on the throne. I'm glad she didn't. But God's still on the throne. I'm trusting in Him. That's what happens when you read the Bible. When I find people that aren't in the Bible, they're, they're scared. They're scared. People that are of the book, they call us people of the book. Oh, I like that. I like that. People of the book. Unspeakable words. We have unspeakable gift. We have unspeakable words, and we have unsearchable riches. That's our possessions. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul kind of gets personal. He says, unto me, who am less than the least of all the saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What a privilege. Oh, dear one, that you can repeat the gospel. The greatest message ever to go across the lips of a human being is the gospel. Jesus Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Is the sweetest words that ever have been repeated to a sinner in hope of some sort of salvation because that's the only way he's going to get it. 
what sweet words those are, what encouraging words. Uh, Psalm 84, 11 says, For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. You believe it? Do you believe it? If he's held something from you, it wasn't good for you. If he's withheld something, it wasn't what he wanted. It wasn't going to be the good thing for you. In the midst of war, he gives us inner peace. In the midst of tragedy, he gives you joy unspeakable and full of glory. In the midst of strife, he gives you pure contentment. In the midst of hatred, he gives you forgiving love. In the midst of purposelessness, he gives you an eternal purpose and reason to live. In the midst of despair and the future, he gives you a foretaste of glory divine. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Everything's all right. In my Father's house, in my Father's house, in my Father's house, everything's all right. In my Father's house, where there's joy, joy, joy. Cheer up, you saints of God, there's nothing to worry about. Nothing to make you feel afraid, nothing to make you doubt. Remember, Jesus never fails, so why don't you trust him and shout? I get you, Bill. You'll be sorry you're worried at all tomorrow morning. That's so old, they don't even know how old that song is. That song's hundreds of years old. Saints of God been singing that song along in the darkest of the days, in the hardest of the trials, in the deepest of the valleys. Listen, I don't know what you're going to go through, but I know that what you go through will not be uncommon to man. But I also know that Jesus himself will go there with you. Nobody likes to be in pain. I've been in pain. I didn't like it. I'd lie to you. I'd be lying to you if I told you it was a wonderful experience. Man, I I don't mind you being in pain, but I don't want to be in pain. I can sit beside your bed and hold your hand and while you're in agony and Oh, I can have all kinds of, I may be able to work a tear up or two. But I walk out, out of that room and go get a hot fudge sundae at McDonald's. I mean, you know, I'm telling you the truth. It isn't me that's suffering. And I want it that way. But it ain't always that way. Sometimes it comes to my house. And the pain settles in on me. And I go to my wife. And I say, Kathy. He has some compassion. She said, oh, sure. You can't feel the pain of somebody else. Doc deals with it every day. You can't feel. Dr. Gillespie, you have a pet doc. Let me tell you this. People love their pets more than they love their children. In many cases. And when that pet dies, and doctors got to go out there and tell them, you're Little Fido has bit the dust. PTS, that's put to sleep. RIP, that's rest in peace. 
but make sure you pay your bill on the way out the girl as you go. I mean, Dr. Gillespie's tremendous at empathizing and weeping with you, but trust me, when it's all over, he's not the one that's in pain. Only the one that's in pain knows the pain. I don't want pain. The pain does something for me that nothing else can do. It drives me to God. And it doesn't drive me to, the, now I lay me down to sleep, now I pray my soul to keep. It drives me away from those kind of prayers. And it drives me to wrestling with God, as Jacob did. It drives me to grabbing a hold of the throne of grace and saying, I'm not letting go till you come. I'm not going to quit till you come. There's no accidents in a Christian's life, really. Christianity made people who were things into real men and women, into sons and daughters of God. It gave those who had no respect self-respect. It gave those who had no life eternal life. It told men that even if they did, no matter, they did not matter to anything else, they mattered to God. It told men who in the eyes of the world were absolutely worthless that in the eyes of God, they were worth the death of his only son. Christianity was and still is the most uplifting truth in the entire universe. Christianity revolves around a person, not a theology, not a creed. It revolves around Jesus Christ, the son of the living God person. If you take your Bibles and as I close, I want you to mark this verse in your book. Colossians 1.22. Colossians 1.22. Maybe one of the most astounding verses I've run across. In the body of his flesh through death, speaking of Jesus Christ, to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. How can it be? How can it be? But the Bible says it's so. We're going to be presented unblameable, unreprovable. You know, that's got to be grace. You can't earn that. There's nothing you can do to get to that condition. You, you gave that up the first time as a three-year-old. You stole a cookie from Mama. Uh, you, you've given that up thousands and thousands of times when you thought hateful things towards your fellow man. Jesus, the Bible says if you'll come to Jesus Christ in simple childlike faith, not by works of righteousness which you've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us with the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's got to be by grace or it's not at all. It's got to be by faith or it's not at all. You come by grace in faith 
Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Unable to save myself by any amount of good works. I just simply believe what you've written. And I would you would you save me? I don't think there's a certain formula you gotta say to be saved. I think there's some good words and good things and some good guidance, but truthfully, there's not a formula. I've known people get saved when they just cried, Oh God. But in their heart, and eventually, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. If you really got saved, the first thing you're gonna do is call somebody, tell somebody, I got saved. I've trusted Christ my Savior. And you're going to begin to brag on Jesus because God's come in you, the Holy Spirit. He's changed you and changing you in His likeness. Unspeakable gift, salvation. Unspeakable words, our position in Christ. Unspeakable riches, our possessions in Christ. And unspeakable forgiveness, our salvation. Wow. Born again believer, when you go through hard times, you're going to need this. You're going to need what I said tonight. Listen to me. You're going to need what I said tonight. You're going to need it or you're going to get crushed. And the way you're going to get it is by just simply signing up back there and saying, I'm going to read this book through once a year. That's just one way. I'm not saying it's the only way. But it's the way I'm going to say it. People told me, well, I like to study the Bible. I tell them, go ahead, but still sign up and read the Bible. Just read it through once a year anyway. Just casually read it from cover to cover. And then study all you want. You know? Amen, Doc? Just study all you want. Go through the book of Romans verse by verse if you want to. But read the Bible through every year. Because at the end of the year, you're going to have covered every word of God that he's wanted you to hear. You're going to run it through this old brain. And that's what the Bible calls the washing of water by the word. It's a process of the washing of water by the word. We need washing. How many? I'm not going to ask you, but if you go five days without a bath, the average person goes five days without a bath. No offense, man, but you stink. You, you, I bathe every day. Now, maybe I don't need to bathe every day. But I don't want to have somebody come up and tell me, you need to bathe every day. So just in case, I bathe every day. I get in there, you know. I sing in the shower. That's why I sound my best, by the way. I get in the shower, I do a little, I put soap up head to toe, rinse off, you know, shave, come to work, and nobody says, you stink. I haven't been told I stink in a long time. And you're the same way spiritually. You go five days without the Bible, you're going to begin to stink. You mean to tell me, Brother Ben, we're so bad off that five days without washing, you begin to stink? You got bacteria on you, and you got that skin on you. And we understand med medical, uh, I'm not as good as you, Doc, but it, you're dying. Your skin's dying all the time, and you're oiling. And if you don't wash it, it gets a special aroma. That, like, if, if I hadn't bathed in a week and I sat right beside, if I sat beside you, Mike, you'd move. You say, you know, I just don't feel, I can't see well here. I need to go back there by Brother Irvine. 
sent by him. I go, well, oh, I can see perfectly fine. Yeah, I know, but I can't see well. You're not going to want to tell me, brother, you just simply stink. Now, my daughter-in-law, she'd be willing to tell me, and she'd probably enjoy it. But, and you know what? I get around some of you, and no, I'm trying to be mean. But spiritually, your reasoning gets messed up. It gets skewed. Your attitude goes south, and that ain't good. And it is that you just ain't washing. You're not getting bathed. You've been out of the Word too long. And, and, and you're reading it, or you're reading it mechanically. You know, it's not going in. It's not getting, but if you'll wash yourself in the Word of God, I'll guarantee you that you, these things, when trouble comes to you, you'll like, I, I love Brother Tom Cronin told me years ago, when, 19, and when he was 58 years old, he had a heart attack, and he went in the hospital, and he, and he said, I couldn't remember anything but the old hymns of the faith. And he said, during that heart bypass surgery, which he had a lot of trouble, seemed like he had a lot of trouble in, that he began to sing. The old hymns of the faith came back to him. And he began to give him comfort. And he began to encourage him, full of the word of God, and, and, and lift him out of that. He said when he went home, he went through a depression time, a down time after he came out of the hospital. And, and uh, you know, it, it's there for you. God's there for you. But you got to put it in. Amen. May God help us. Father, help us tonight. Every one of the people in the sound of my voice, if they live long enough, are going to go through the valley of the shadow. But will they, like David, fear no evil? Will they, like David, have thy rod and thy staff to comfort them? Will they, like David, have a table prepared before them in the presence of their enemies? Will they, like David, have their cup run over? Will they, like David, have their head anointed with oil? And the reason David did is because he was in pursuing God. And when he went into the valley, God stayed right with him. Father, help us to not try to walk this old world by ourselves. to trust you, to seek you, that you would come, you would help us. There's people in our midst in real serious trials. May they cry out to thee and may you answer them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.